<laughs> What's up, everybody? You are tuned into season two of the Elks Call. My name is Scout, aka the Rep from Section X. And I am Catherine, aka Do You Even Elks. And today we are going to talk Elks, CFL, and more with the owner of Fan Centric, former NFL, CFL, and Double E. Offensive tackle, ladies and gentlemen, it is Garrick Jones. <laughs> Garrick, how we you finally doing? made it. <laughs> yes, we finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good to be here, guys. I thank you so much. Oh, th- thanks for joining us today. Uh, how's the first month of the year treating you? Like, did you did you have any resolutions or anything like that? No, no resolutions. But I, I knew that this first quarter of the year was going to be hectic for me. So it's been a lot of traveling. A lot of meetings, a lot of meetings with investors and things of that nature. So we're, we're putting together some plays, man. I think you guys are gonna like what what we got in store for everybody. So, oh, that's that's fantastic because that's exactly what we want to talk to you about today. A uh, big portion of our show today. Absolutely. Uh, super stoked! Before we get started, we'd like to thank everyone who is tuning into the show, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, X, TuneIn, Edmonton Sports Talk or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Be sure to hit like and subscribe at Shotgun Sports Network on YouTube so we can give away that 2015 Mm -hmm. signature series jersey once we hit 500 subscribers. So, yeah, thanks again, everybody. Um, iHeartRadio, by the way, we're on there too. So um, that's another one of those big ones. Yes. Got to get around everywhere, you know? Just like Garrett. It's literally everywhere. (laughs) Just like Garrett Jones, apparently. So, uh, yeah. So, speaking of which, uh, let's get into the schedule. Uh, First, we're going to start the show with The More You Didn't Know, where we're going to interview Garrick and talk about his life on and off the turf, as well as his vision for an athletic ownership group. Um, so after that, we're going to give you an Edmonton sports update. Then we're going to break down the latest Elks transactions in Kathy's herd report brought to you by Herdies. <laughs> and then to cap the show, we're going to open up the fan forum where we talk about hot topics surrounding the CFL and the sports world as a whole. So let's get this show started. Um, with, with the more you didn't know with you, Garrick. So in this segment, we're going to have a conversation we're going to get to know you better and we're going to ask some questions. So um, as well to our live viewers right now in the mm-hmm. herd chat, blow it up, get in there, get your questions in there. And especially if we have time, uh, we will definitely get your questions onto the show. So Garrick, uh, you've had a storied career, but as we know, all great stories have a beginning. So um, <laughs> what made you want to become a football player and how did you start your journey? Man, to be honest with you, I never loved football, to be honest with you. Um, it was my brothers. I grew up, I was the youngest of two older brothers, and they were the athletes. And I was just, uh, you know, I was in the art band. You know, I was this guy, right? Um, but I was athletic, you know, when it was time to be at, at, at different times. But I never really was into sports like that. Um and I watched them, man. They were supposed to be the guys that were in the NFL, the CFL, the NBA, MLB, uh, those things. But, you know, they chose to go a different route, uh, you know, in the streets a little bit and doing that thing, you know, having fun. Um, but it wasn't really until I got, you know, I was in a grade seven, grade eight, and I had some coaches come to me, you know, and they said, hey, 
you know, I don't know how serious you are about sports and about football, but they say we can see you on Sunday right now from a lot of what you're doing. And and I was a late bloomer, to be honest with you. You know, I, like I said, I was all about band. So I had to make a decision by grade nine if I was going to continue to play in the band or if it was going to be football. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and jump on in with football. You know, it gave me an opportunity to really start looking at school and the possibility of getting school paid for. Um, you know, so at that point, you know, I, I just wasn't going to be big and in class and not doing anything. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and stick with the football. I'm glad I did. Um, but I've always done so much outside of the sport, you know, and that's kind of been my deal. I, I have so many different things that I like to do, but I was blessed to be able to do it at the highest level and be successful. Uh, you know, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of my deal, man. No, it's, it's pretty sweet. And I mean, you grew up in Arkansas. Yes. Played North football Florida. for Arkansas State and yep. through the system in your home state, of course. So what was that like? Oh, it was cool. Um, you know, of course, Arkansas State was considered the other Arkansas outside of the Razorbacks, uh, of course. Uh, so everybody, you know, from 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 my neighborhood to across the state, you know, were Razorback crazy. And, you know, when I was coming out of high school, you know, I was recruited, you know, really heavily and had a ton of offers. Uh, but I decided to stay in state, you know, you know, I had some situations at the house with my folks and my mom was, you know, she was kind of sick at the time. And, I, and I've told this story before, but I, I was recruited by Arkansas. I was offered. I just didn't like the environment at the time, you know, with the head coach that they had there. And you know, I couldn't see myself spending four years there and this, that, and the third. So um, got wind that there was a new head coach coming into Arkansas State. And he had just, you know, uh, finished the Rose Bowl with Eddie George and all those guys at Ohio State when they were on the national championship. And he was coming to town and and we would actually be playing, you know, all of the teams that 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 offered me and we were independent. So we were playing everybody. So it was it was cool. I, I got a chance to go to a state and met some really good people and was around a lot of good coaches. And, you know, Mike Tomlin, that, that was his uh, he was a receivers coach there at the time. So now he's the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of history that came from Arkansas State, man. You know, a lot of good guys, a lot of good people. Uh, and, and man, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I played a lot of different individuals and had some fun with it. Oh, that is, that is awesome. That is, like even Mike Tomlin, right. Being around yeah, like yeah. Those, some of those greats. Um, <laughs> and now we consider them greats. Right. And, um, right. these coaches and players that, uh, you know, they're, they're hearing those stories, especially from former players and to see how small the world of football is. Oh, it's very but, small. Mm-hmm. Like even you know the Zach Laros, let's say somebody's right. talking about uh, Taylor Swift yep. on here yep. is in the herd chat talking about Taylor Swift already. Right, but, right. Uh, you know Zach Laros is in 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 the box, and that's because uh, the Kelseys and Kalaros used to play together. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So lo- love to hear that. Um, now you were signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars out of out of college, uh, undrafted. But things didn't quite go as planned, and then you ended up heading to Canada, and you went to play for the Blue Bombers. Right. Uh, what can you tell us about your first season playing in Winnipeg for uh, the CFL? Man, it, it was wild, man, uh, because I didn't have a senior season of college, so I ended up leaving after my junior year. So I had chased scouts from Little Rock to L.A. and from L.A. back to Mobile, Alabama, to the senior bowl. Um, so I was out of ball for a minute, you know, and, and – Got the opportunity to work out for the scouts while I was on the road. 
And eventually when I got to the senior bowl, you know, they really worked me out. Um, and Jacksonville was one of the ball clubs that said, you know what, you might have an opportunity. Uh, so they let me know what they needed to see uh, uh, by the time I got the pro day. And and I met and exceeded those expectations, man. And um, they, they brought me in as a high priority free agent after the draft. And when I came in, that was like my first taste of the politics over playing time and how that how that system worked, you know. And um, I, I met a lot of good guys there. I had the opportunity to work my way up until uh, they signed the tackle that they drafted, and then it was I was on my way out, you know. So I went from 111 degree weather in Jacksonville to negative three and raining sideways in Winnipeg when I first got there, right? So it was different. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I barely knew the rules. I, I got a chance to kind of get into it a little bit, but I didn't know anything about the game. And by the second day of practice, Coach Richie, Dave Richie, came up to me and said, you're starting at left tackle. So, and that was, that first game was against Alfred Payton, the sack leader from the year uh, uh, the year before. Uh, so I was with a good, good group of guys. I had some good vets around me, uh, Mo Elowanevi and Dave Mudge. And those guys said, hey, you might not know the plays, you're going to go back down to the States and we're going to help you. So they would be pointing out where I needed to go. Let me know what, what plays there were. And, and that's how we made it, man. So it was, it was fun, man. And it was the best time I ever had as a professional athlete. Loved the pig. The pig was really good to me. Uh, and man, that's when I fell in love with the CFL, you know? So, you know, with that, you've been on the roster for four different NFL teams and three in the CFL. So oh, yeah. you finished, you're, you finish your career with a double E in 2009. And of right. course, it's clear that you have love for both the league and the green and gold. But yeah. what I want to know is what do you like most or more or maybe less? What What is your opinion of the CFL versus the NFL? Which one do you like more? Oh, CFL all day. You know, <laughs> CFL all day. Uh, and, and I mean, I can say it with a straight face, but um, the NFL... Uh, it's a lot more time consuming. Uh, it, there is a, a ton of politics in it. I mean, it's politics in all of football, you know, from a professional standpoint, but the, I think the job security, you know, those are a lot of the things that went on in the NFL, you know, every Tuesday, no matter how good you played, there was somebody that would replace you. They were working guys out, you know, that, that day on your day off. Um, so it was that kind of a cycle, man. And, and, and with that, with that level of, non-job security you know it was a lot of stress and and the days were long i mean of course you're getting paid a lot of money but at the end of the day it it, it wears on you know it takes a toll on you uh and that's i think that's why the careers are really so short there uh but as far as with the cfl and we got to remember you know i was doing a lot of other things you know i'm out networking uh talking to people in the community doing all kind of different things so when we were done practicing you know after our four hours it was time for me to go to work, you know, and, and that was really cool for me to just get out and just meet the people and, and just be there. You know, it, that was one of the things that I really liked about it. So I think the the differences were uh, with the CFL, it was a lot of a lot of opportunity to be in, enthralled with the fans um, and, and with the NFL. It, the NFL is not that. Uh oh, with the NFL is not that. But but at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, we, we made it through it. But I, I, I think the CFL was just. For me, it was it was a blast, man. I loved it. That's amazing. That's awesome. I do have a follow up question before we yeah. move into you know what we came to talk about. But okay. you did mention that you know there's a lot more to you than just football. 
right? That oh, you yeah. have a lot of other hobbies, that you have a lot of other things that you like to do other than that. And because, you know, when you grew up, you were not necessarily the athlete of the family. Right. If you didn't end up being in football in the CFL and the NFL, what would you be doing? A team owner. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <Team> owner. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, there was so much, you know, to it. You know, I think sports helped me really kind of focus, you know, a lot of what I wanted to do. But I've always been blessed with, you know, with the ability to really grasp a lot. Um, and when it came down to, you know, meeting people and just identifying and being able to relate to people, I've always had that 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 knack, you know, and 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 that's something that I I didn't really realize what it was until like now. Um, but yeah, it would be some form of ownership, running a business. I mean, I mean, I started my first business when I was 13, you know, that was graphics design and, and marketing and promotion and all the different things you see, you know, it's a lot of what my company and myself do uh, when we get the opportunity, but it, it would have been some form of ownership. You know, it's, it's just, you know, that's, that's just always been in me, you know, and it, that was when I was playing, it was on a job training. You know, I, even though I knew my position and I knew how to play the game, I was mirroring and shadowing all of the other components like the, GM and the team presidents and all those different things, man. So yeah, I'd have been an owner if I hadn't played ball. You know, kind of awesome. just being around it and playing, you know, how it works in your head, right? That's uh yeah. sounds yeah. like that's exactly what you're doing. And it's funny because that's what we want to talk about next. Um so with the future, you're trying to build something here, and we know you're a businessman, we know that you've been an entrepreneur since high school, like you just right. said, right? So right. um you own fan centric and then 73 holdings LLC. Right, right. So right. tell us a little bit more about both of those businesses, Garrick. So 73 is is more so the umbrella company. Uh and under that we have a ton of verticals, uh, you know, which fan centric DAO is essentially a, a NFT rewards community for for sports fans. To be able to have perks, benefits, um, be able to have exclusive meet and greets, all of the things that fans, as I listened to them, said that they wanted. It gives them a voice, you know, because a lot of times, you know, especially in the NFL, you can go 0 and 17 or 17 and 0 and still be, as a team, still be profitable. So there's not, not a real reason for ownership to really listen to the fans, right? Because they know, you know uh, we're going to get your money anyway. So, yeah, whatever. Um, so, as I really got in tune with the fans, we said, hey, let's just start figuring out the best way to invite the fans into where they actually have an opportunity to, 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 to have a voice and be able to be a part of decision making and those types of things. So we just said we'll take what Edmonton was doing uh, back in the day. We'll take what Green Bay was doing with the community owned type of atmosphere and take it to the 21st century. Uh, so as we look to buy teams, will incorporate and infuse fan centric into the DNA uh, of what's going on, you know, to where now, you know, we have the old guard and then we have uh, the younger generation that that's a little more in the crypto and in the DeFi space, but all of the opportunities we have will be, you know, uh, felt by all of the fans. Uh, and that's a good, that's one of the best things right there. But then you got the uh, private equity fund uh, in which we get a chance to bring in uh, institutional capital investors, accredited investors and and now we have a chance to go after big big teams right so uh which is really cool because it's it's based on sports acquisitions and real estate 
So it's kind of like the McDonald's model. You know, that's real estate, right? If you ever watch the founder, that's essentially what we're doing. We're, we're building sports and entertainment districts around these teams uh, that, you know, we're looking to purchase. And that gives us an opportunity to have retail restaurants, uh, concert venues, condos, hotels, any and everything you can think of that will generate revenue 365 days a year. Uh, and that that runs parallel with the teams that we have in the district. So um, those are, you know, that's a hedge of protection, right? That that's how you have fans in the stands. You want to you want to make it a destination. And, and that's essentially what we're looking to do with teams that we acquire at some point. Um, and then from there, you know, just the other ventures that are a part of it. Um, we want to make this a, a, a family type of environment that everybody benefits from it. And everybody has the opportunity to have some say in what we're doing. Um, and, and with that, you know, it's about education. So once you're in, we start educating you on blockchain. We incentivize education, doing modules, uh, learning about the, the logistics of games, uh, what goes on in games, how games are ran. So that way, when you come to the game, you're not just looking at it as a fan. You're looking at it as an owner. And, and that's what we wanted to do, be able to change the game when it comes down to that. So that's really getting fans involved and making it more of a community because that's kind of what we've been trying to do with the Elks Herd is we're trying to build a community, get more fans herded together, I guess, yes. right? But there you yeah, go. everybody's got to be stronger together. And the Edmonton Elks have been running the community model for a very long time, but there's a difference between city-owned and community-owned. And you're Right, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you take a look at what the Green Bay Packers do. You have the opportunity, even if it seems like a bit of a gimmick, you have the opportunity to spend $200 and everybody else spends their $200 to get right. a piece of paper that says you're a Packers owner. And Yes. You know, yes. So, yes. so like Garrick said, bringing that to the 21st century and, you know, right. to a modernized version. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's that, that's incredible. Well, you, you got to look at it, you know, with Green Bay, you know, you, you do get the certificate, right? And you do get the opportunity to come to the shareholders meetings. Yeah. That's about it. All right. So yeah. you can pass that down to your family. But what we wanted to do is be able to have more utility attached to what we're doing. Right. Um, where the fans really get the opportunity to have tangible, tangible situations that they can really benefit from. And that's what goes on inside of those districts. You're able to experience the top-notch restaurants you're able to get the merch you're able to do all these different things uh and then once we get a little further in the process that's when we will launch a tradable token you know that's a that's attached to all of the teams that we have under management in that city so now um you get a chance to get into the the the, the financial part, portion of it but by that time you will be educated on everything that's going on in blockchain uh and the ultimate goal is to raise the economic ceiling of the fans to where now they are considered accredited investors, but that's another story. But you know, I'm tying everything and using sports and, 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 and these, yeah, as a, as a connective tissue. But we're going to change the the DNA of what goes on in professional sports. And you know what? You know, it. I haven't been involved in sports for a very long time, so right. I came into this franchise from a very different point of view than other people that have grown up with football and gone to the stadiums. I was introduced in a very 
um, I don't want to call it a sterile, but I was yeah. I felt kind the of like 2021. An outsider, right? It was the it was the 2021 <laughs> was, season, right I after right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fresh rebrand. Yeah, it, yes. just, it wasn't the greatest thing to walk into as a new fan. Definitely, yeah. but I think one of the the things that that allowed me to do is kind of take a look at the franchise itself from a very objective point of view, right? Absolutely. Because I did not have that love for the team that people just build for years and years that they you know become right. hardcore die hard fans yeah right and i was able to look at it from a very objective point of view and that's one of the things that i realized there's such a disconnect from what you see in the field and the game itself and Absolutely. what fans feel and how they feel represented and how they feel like they belong in and involved and also and involved. involved right like yeah. right right we we sit down at row six in section X by the twenty yard line. Right, so we can be involved with the game so that we can be loud, so that we can you know try to try to uh, make the mess up on the field really with yeah. how loud we are. That's you're within earshot. You know maybe the odd heckle here and there on Labor Day rematch, but <laughs> either way, feeling more involved. And the Edmonton Elks, let's be real, the Edmonton Elks have not necessarily done a great job, especially during the rebrand years. Victor had definitely tried to do some great things. He but tried. Definitely tried very hard. Yeah, bring a it. lot of involvement. and But re <laughs> reinventing the wheel. So, yes. so you know, kind of going into the next uh, question here, what would be your vision for the Edmonton Elks in 2025 as a business? Like, let's say if what you're trying to accomplish is successful, right. What would you change versus the current structure of you know football, football on and off the field? I guess off the field, football off the field yeah. really, as a business. Well, that's where you know the entire movement comes into play. You know, with the athletes and and, and guys who've been there, done that, um, and it all starts at the top. Period. Point blank. You know, it's it's a culture shift, and it's a I think it's a reintroduction of a culture that once was, but where a culture that's headed in another direction or headed in a new dimension. Um, and it's about bridging that gap. You know, that's, that's really what it is. Um, the individuals inside of the building on the field and the fans have to buy into that. And, and, and we have to reciprocate, you know, what the fans are feeling, you know, when it comes down to being diehard, you, you should be rewarded for that loyalty. Right. You should be you should feel like you are a part of this thing. Like when you go home, you should feel like that's your team. Um, and it's the same, you know, with upper management. It's the same with ownership. Um, everybody in the building has to to feel like they want to run through a brick wall in order to get to what it is that we have, what we're looking to do. And that's that's to be great cup champions. Um, we don't show up to lose. I mean, and that's that's the offensive lineman mentality in me. It's like shut up and put your pads on. Let's go. It's what it is. Um, and, 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 but you have to be strategic. You have to bring the right people in the building. Um, and you have to be the right person for the job and really believe it. And, and, and a lot of people will be in positions and they, you know, you can tell you, it's easy to tell if they really believe what they're saying or if they are just, you know, going through the motions and it may be a vanity play for them. A lot of owners, you know, they just want to say, I own a team. No, when you bring in players that actually went through, and understand the culture and understand understand the history um it's a different dynamic and and getting back to that is 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 us filling the stadium again you know because when i played there was not games that there were no fans so i don't know anything about that so i know how to get back to the fans being there 
and, and putting them in a position to feel like they're really not only wanted but are, are really heard and, and appreciated. And, and that's what this thing is about. It's about bringing everything that we've learned off the field in business and also the teamwork aspect that we've grown up in and 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 everybody being held accountable. And it all starts with the head. I don't care who you are. And and and, and that's just what it is. Yes. And what would you say that right now is the biggest bottleneck for the Edmonton Elks as a business right now? It's, you know, as a businessman that yeah. has inside knowledge, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. both sides. What to, be on, to be honest with you, Catherine, uh, from what I've seen and, and, and me doing my due diligence and my studies, um, where the, the, the team is now, um, we got to get away from the COVID excuse. Um, cause it, 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 it's, it was happening way before COVID, right? It's, I think COVID exposed a lot, uh, of, 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 in, 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 inadequacies as far as, you know, inside of the organizations and this is for all businesses. Um, you gotta be able to pivot. And when you're not able to pivot and really make sure that you're leading the way things can go around really quickly. Um, and I think that's where, you know, with ball players and, and, and individuals who've been in, in sports situations, scenarios, for me, it has to be quick because I can have a bad play. Um, but in the next 20 some odd seconds, I'm, I'm in another play. So I have to have a short memory. But at the same time, I got to understand, OK, keep my feelings in check, my emotions in check and understand that this is a logical type of scenario. But from what I've seen, you know, it was so much of the. It was COVID and we're losing money and those types of things. There's a lot of things that you can do to make sure that you're not losing money. So, and like I say, it starts with the, the management, it starts with the ownership and it starts with everybody being held accountable. Um, you know, my thing is we don't do scapegoats. Um, if I screwed up, I screwed up. Now, how do I learn from it and how do we get back on track? Uh, Cause I'll give anything 15 minutes. And after that, we, it, it's time to go to work. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll okay we'll vent 15 minutes but after that we still have a play to run and, and that's the mentality that has to be had in any type of business in any type of environment you know in a marriage and raising kids it doesn't matter if you apply those techniques and, and, and that you know at the end of the day you'll be okay because people will buy in because they're going to follow you and they want to see what the leader's talking about okay what is the leader saying oh it was COVID no 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 we we, we got work to do and and definitely the the elks have a ton of work to do, but it's not insurmountable. It, it can be done. It's just you have to you have to think, plan, and execute. You got to have a definitive plan in place, and a plan that everybody can get in front of and get and be a part of. But with me, it's enough room in the sandbox for everybody to play. That's young, old, new. It doesn't matter if you're not born yet. By the time you get here, you'll have a spot in the, in in the sandbox with us. Nice. Oh. <laughs> so okay so speaking of which right obviously uh -huh. the attendance has been on a little bit of a decline for multiple factors right what do you think brings fans to a cfl game in 2024 oh man you got to connect with them it's in the heart man it's in rocket science you know I think as humans, man, we make things a little too hard. Um, there's been a disconnect, right? And, and and everybody knows it because, and this is one thing that I learned, uh, you know, being from Arkansas, 
study Sam Walton, Walmart, Sam's, all of that, right? Sam Walton said the the customer can hire and fire whoever in the building they want by taking their money elsewhere. And that's the same for fans. The fans have the power. And you got to come into it understanding that uh, as a team owner, as a player, you know, all those different things. And and I think you have to get to a point as far as from, from ownership and management, the fans are not commodities, just like the players aren't commodities because without either one of those, you don't have anything. Nobody's playing, nobody's paying. You know what I'm saying? So if you come into it and you respect and you appreciate the fans and they feel appreciated uh, and they feel like they have a voice, the fans will come back. Uh, because you have made a home for them. It has to be a safe space for them. And, and a lot of times you don't get that with these organizations. And it's unfortunate because I look at it, I was able to see it from the inside out and from the outside in. So I know where all the weak spots are. I know where all these different things can go wrong and, and can go right. Um, but without the fans, you don't have anything. So it's about really reconnecting with the fans, uh, re-engaging with the fans and being intentional about it. And not just window dressing. It has to be genuine. Like mm-hmm. you see me, man. I'm I'm on Twitter and or, or X or whatever it is at this point. And 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 you'll see me. That's the that's the mentality that we have as players. We would be out in the community, and, and, and nothing will change as, as an owner. Um, you have to be accessible, you know, to a to a degree. You can't be accessible for everything and everybody because no. you have a business to run. But those are the things that have to happen. You have to have a fan advisory board. Right. Where you get maybe 25 or 30 of the fans and they're invited into the building and they represent the masses. The same thing with the players. And now you get a chance to, to, to bring those opinions and those comments and those questions to the table. And now you allow your people to vote on what they want to see done. And now we're able to bring it into to what we're doing from an executive standpoint. And we're able to make those changes or say, hey, we 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 got your request, but here's why we can't do this now. Not saying it'll never happen, but here's why. And it's in its communication and transparency. So you got to be intentional with the fans, man, and 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 just really engage with them and, and make them feel appreciated and, and and do it for the right reasons. Cause like I say, it has to be a safe space. It has to be about a family dynamic, and this is what it is. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. You know, and I was I, I always bring it up to, you know, the fact that I'm not I'm a fairly new fan. And yeah, no, I didn't grow up with, you know, the team. And mm-hmm. the thing with my children right because right. now they're being introduced to the team as well now that we're doing this and we're so engaged with the team and right. i think what absolutely sold me on being a now lifelong fan right. was the interaction that i saw with uh wilder james jr exactly. with kids. That, that, that young man got it he understood it right it that interaction what he did for the community and the Mm -hmm. same thing goes for players like aaron grimes community they're there they're engaging with the fans they're asking questions they're trying to make things better that right there is what sold me and my kid as well he continues to ask about him (laughs) you know he wants to know where he is where he's he's gonna follow his and he's gonna follow his career because he felt hurt and he felt appreciated as a little fan and that's that's where it started and i 100 percent agree yeah Yeah. we do have so speaking of fans okay we have quite a few (laughs) questions in the hurt chat today shout out to dave retz uh i see you john john's got quite a few questions in here pug and pigskin Shout out Jason, Chris Agar. Hello uh, tonight. 
The yes. her head is busting. Uh, <laughs> what do we got here? Um, oh, scroll up just a little bit more. I think there was another one. Um, oh, uh, yeah, no, go down. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there That's you the go. one. Um, yeah. What do you think of the upper deck at the Elk Stadium being closed off? Um, if you're looking at it from a business schematic and and, and optics, um, if you have the cameras and the cameras are, are are panning, and and it's and it's empty up there. You can have maybe, let's just say eighteen thousand, nineteen thousand, even twenty thousand. It looks empty, right? So optically, from a business schematic and television, um, if you don't have people there, you got to close it, right? But that's a that's a band aid, right? We got to get the people back in the stands. Uh, like I said before. Uh, we didn't have that when I was here, you know, so it, it's that sense of pride. It's a sense of urgency, but it's also a sense of family that the fans want to be here. They want to spend their money uh, and they want to be a part of it. So it, it could very easily change. That's not a problem. It's it's one of those things where it's 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 more or less to be able to sell what's going on with the league. You have to optically do it the right way when it comes down to the camera work. And those are some of the things that we talk about when it comes down to logistics of games and how things are structured so that the way the fans understand when things happen, right? Because if you got people scattered all across the place and, and, and it looks, it looks dormant, it looks barren. That's not a good look uh, to, to really say, Hey, we're the team, we're the team of the future. So from an optic standpoint, that's, you know, that's understandable. Uh, but you got to be working toward, filling that back up rather quickly and it not be permanent. And you know what? I feel like that might be a challenge for the fans as well, right? Especially those that really don't want to see the upper stadium being closed off. And now they're yeah. really going to be pushing yeah. towards making yeah. sure that every game there's enough people coming in. Yeah. So they have to open yeah. it up. So. Well, yeah, that's a, it gives you a goal, right? Yes. I mean, it's a yeah. gateway goal every, every, every game day. At right. Home. Your goal is to get as many sections yeah. open in the upper bowl, kind of like BC does, right? And they celebrate yeah. it, big celebration. <clears throat> now you have to play on that, and now yeah. it's a lot more work <laughs> to fill it up than it is yeah. to take them out. Um, by the way, uh, Pug and Pigskin, yeah? Yeah, he's got a friend here, Pug and Pigskin. Hey, guys. Hey, Garrick. Love Garrick's ideas and plans. Keep rolling, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Definitely. So oh, let me hide Definitely. that. And then uh, Dave Ratz, uh, you guys rock. Thank you, Dave Ratz. Um, uh, oh, so, yeah, a good question right here. Uh, mm -hmm. Two good questions from John. One yeah. is, uh, Garrick Jones, did you get a, a chance to play with Joe Anoy, a.k.a. Roman Reigns, WWE? <laughs> yeah, Joe's a good guy, man. Joe's a damn <laughs> good guy, man. Cool people, man. Cool people. We got a chance to to get to know each other um, and 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 I got an opportunity to talk with him in depth before he really said, "Hey, I'm going to go wrestle," because uh, he was kind of at a crossroads, right? He he didn't really know the next steps of what he was going to do, and you know, I was just a, a, a ear for him, you know, and I just listened to him, and I, you know, I told him, I said, "Man, it, that's in your DNA, you know. It's it's one of those things where he, if you decide that that's what you're going to go do, go do it, you know, because." Everybody that's playing ball wants to make sure that, you know, or get the opportunity to show that they're elite. And he was a damn good player. But I was like, man, I, I would go 
do what the family did, you know, and that's kind of the conversations that we had, but he was a really cool guy, man. I, and I've been keeping up with him and keeping up with, you know, what's going on with him. But no, nah, I, I love everything that he has going on, man. But he's a damn good player. Lo- I love playing with him, man. Oh, that's sweet. No, yeah. and uh, well, yeah, and the legends, right? Like he didn't play here for too long, but everybody yeah. he's one of the most popular people that have ever played. <laughs> right, here. right, exactly. exactly. So, no, that's really sweet. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah. Bella. Uh, Bella here in the herd chat. What are your thoughts on uh, the Edmonton Elks losing Demetrius Maxi? Uh, I played with Maxi. Maxi's a damn good guy. Uh, matter of fact, I kind of congratulated him, you know, on 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 him making his move, man. But we we stay in contact, so you know, uh, he's 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 a great coach, man. Uh, and he's one of those guys that that got it done on the field. So there's instant respect there from the players, um, you know. And you got to really look at that when it comes down to your coaches, um, you know, when I played, you know, you had guys that that didn't play the game, but they were very well respected because respect was given. Um, and they were decorated because of what they've done on the field. So that's where the respect came from. But uh, you had guys who played the game and, and respect was there because we knew what it took to get here. Uh, we knew what it was to go through training camp and, and you're sending guys home and, you know, all these different things. And, and and when the days are running together, I know you were mentally tough enough to get it done. Uh, and you know what the players are going through. So that's where the connection comes in when you have guys like Max. But, man, he's a, he's a, he's a damn good guy, man. And, and we, we go back and forth, though. So he, he he's, he's, he's aware of a lot of what's going on, man. So a lot of guys are. A lot of guys are. Oh no, that's I'm I'm glad. I mean, uh, you know, there's always going to be people with uh, ears to the ground, but also you're a really well connected uh, gentleman. So, oh, yeah, right. well, I'm playing ball, man. Playing yeah. ball. I'm playing ball. Um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that we do have some fans here listening, and it seems to really reflect, you know, with what you're saying and really, you know, making a point. We have Daryl Tech here, you know listen to your season ticket holders <laughs> like you say there right you those there are the the people that are spending money year absolutely. after year and want to be part of the team that's absolutely daryl hit it right on the head um you have people who are fully invested in what's going on and and when they feel like they're not heard that's where the disconnect come from so you have to really make it a point like i said you got to be intentional about everything that you do. And it's not just window dressing because people can see straight through that. Um, and that's one of the things that, that I, I don't do. Uh, I'm genuine. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, man. I understand, you know, both sides of the fence and, and, and you try to find a, a midpoint. You can't make everybody happy all of the time. Uh, if you were, you'd be an ice cream salesman, right? That's, that's, that's get it, you know, and everybody's happy. But you have to understand that and, and make them understand that we are working to get to a place where, you know, you're going to feel like, you know, you're, you're more viable and you're more appreciated. But mm-hmm. when you have your, your people that everybody's dollars matter, period, point blank, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're spending some type of money, you're the engine. And then you got the players out there that are engines as well. Uh, it's unfortunate that, like I say, the two the two most important uh, groups to an organization is especially a sports organization are the fans and the players. If you don't have either one of those, you don't have anything. So well, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I guess we'll, we'll wrap up the uh, herd chat section of this with uh, 
We'll go with that comment from Daniel here. Yeah, that was a good comment. <clears throat> As a 50-plus year fan, I have felt a disconnect since the last cup when Moss was fired to me. Well, double E, right? Mm -hmm. uh, was fired to me. Uh, to me, uh, it has gone into a free fall. One yeah. example for years, there was a nucleus that was identifiable for me. And Dan Daniel, I want to say this could possibly be Daniel by the Lake. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight, Daniel. Um, yes. When you had Jason Moss as head coach, his he was passionate. Of course, it sucks that we were, you know, a stepping stone to where he is now. Well, no, that's a great thing that that's what, you know, we were. But at the same time, you know, it would have been nice if we could have gave him some more support and developed him a little bit better. Same time, that's right. where he was at in his coaching career. Mm -hmm. right, so, right. you know, the hindsight, 2020, <laughs> way she goes. But um, as soon as you lose, like a Dwayne Mandrusiak, I know you can, you can, you can resonate a little bit with this one. Mm-hmm. It's the 75th coming up. It, it is a massive season. You need wins. Right. Dwayne Mandrusiak still isn't back for his 50th year. Right, 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 right. Now, Dwayne has a good job. Yeah. Heard Dwayne's good stuff. Love yeah. Dwayne. Um, yeah. However, you know, is he going to be happier coming back to the Elks for some sort of role when his equipment job right now is taken by somebody that's capably doing it well? Dan is great over at the Edmonton Elks as well, right? Um mm -hmm. So what do you do in that scenario, really? Um, but what we're getting to here is bone is missing from common Absolutely. stadium. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, like, like, what was bone to you coming up as a player in, in Edmonton? It's brotherhood, man. It's, 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 it's family. You know, it's that safe space. It's, it's, it's us, against, us against everybody, right? And when you start taking those pieces away, um, you chip away at the foundation and, and that's what we got to get back to. You know, that's what we got to fight for. Um, you know, when I was on the field with my brothers, I fight for my brothers, period, point blank. It didn't matter what it was. Right. So we knew what our job was. We understood the assignment along the, along the lines of, you know, and along the way, you know, people started forgetting it. They, they didn't get to, they didn't understand their assignment. And, and in that, you 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 lost a lot of that um but that's definitely what has to come back to the table um and there's there's opportunities for those things in the right circumstances and situations and and when people start to see that the fans start to see those pieces start to come back and and, and fit in roles that will leave a legacy they know that it's a clear and definitive plan for not only the next season but for the duration of, of of getting Edmonton back to where it needs to be. Um, and that's what it's about. You know, it's about bringing, you know, a lot of the players that 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 were there and that have seen success and championships and being able to mentor the younger guys, you know, and, and be in the building and be around and, and the people can see them again. And that's how you bridge that gap between the old guard and the new the new regime. And um, but when it comes down to the situation like with D Wayne, man, uh yeah, that's hard, right? That's a hard one. That that hurt me, and and I wasn't even there. I was like, "What are we doing?" You know, and um, but we got it's some it's some clear definitive plans for those types of things, and that's if 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 Edmonton decides to go go private, and 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 me and my group have an opportunity to be in that conversation, uh, we have a clear and definitive plan for the 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 present and and the future. 
that that'll change the game and, and, and everybody in the city can be proud, you know, of what we're doing in the direction that we're headed. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure you have a whole lot of support <laughs> from a whole lot of fans. <laughs> we have Daniel right here. Love what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it, man. No, we, hey, you guys have the power. You guys can say, hey, look, we want this group to get an, a fair shake because that's all we want is a fair shake because once we get the opportunity and that, as a player, all you want is the opportunity to get on the field and, and, and be able to show what you can do. And it's the same thing with the, with the opportunity for ownership. All we yeah. want is a fair shake to be able to go in and, and present, you know, our, our case. And, and from there, hey, you know, we'll see how well we'll see how it goes. Because, like I say, I don't show up to lose, period. Love it. Well, and yeah. we're, we're definitely going to try to have uh, maybe Calvin McCarty on the show here in a month or so. We'll uh, yeah. Calvin yeah. on, you know, try to talk about this a little bit more, but um, it's great. Uh, John here, so he supports you buying the team. What can we do to help? Yeah, people, are, people are trying, people are coming out the woodworks <laughs> we, to get this going. Right, right. Funny, so, a couple of weeks ago or whenever, you know, a past episode, we were talking about this, the ownership and the possibilities. Right. And one of the topics was, you know, uh, alumni or, you know, something own group. Right. And, and we were like, maybe we just do kind of, you know, that idea of give people a little bit of ownership. Right. And, yeah, you know, is. here's I'll give you 20 bucks if I can own 0.0001 yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. So I'm pretty sure tons of people would be. Would oh, yeah. And, and, and to go back to what I said about what we're doing with fan centric, um, it'll be some opportunities for those types of things. Uh, and that's a process. It's, it's a phased approach. It has to be some education behind it. Uh, you know, once you, you know, once you bring things to the forefront uh, and expose people to it, you got to educate them on it, you know, so everybody knows how things work especially in the DeFi space. You know, it's so much, so many different things that we can do that are exciting, uh, that can grow, you know, the, 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 the Elks brand, you know, be it metaverse, digital twin situations where now we have a metaverse version of stadiums and so on and so forth. We got all that. We got all that planned. So, uh, but when it comes down to the fans, you know, it's time for your voices to be heard. You know, the, the, the organization has a phone number. They got an email address. You guys know where they are. So, I, I'm I'm just throwing ideas out there, but like I said, it's it's the same thing with Sam. You know, the the the, the fans and the customers can can hire and fire and and also say who they want in the building. So, hey, govern yourselves accordingly. I'm here. Awesome. Well, no, this is uh, this is fantastic. We really hope that you guys get some traction. Obviously, um, you know, we're 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 thankful that you came on today and talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I believe that there's going to be some pretty good success here. Like you said, right. It's all about just getting that chance and getting that opportunity. So mm -hmm. getting a mm -hmm. fair shake, you know, I think, I think everybody should get a fair shake at any opportunity that they want. There you go. That's all we want. That's I know that's all I want. Um, Cause the work is the heavy lifting has been done. Uh, and, and like I said, we've had some conversations with the CFL already. They, they know we're here uh, and they know what we're bringing to the table. Uh, so, if if we're looking to go to the next level in which I, I want to see the CFL be the leader uh, when it comes down to these leagues, as far as other people, you know, mimicking and other organizations mimicking what the CFL is about, um, you know, the, they know we're here. 
you know, we've had some conversations and, and you know, we've talked and, 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 and there's some traction, but there again, like I say, I, we've built it up to the point to where now it's, let's come on fans. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Well, I'm super excited myself to speak for myself just to see what's going to happen Super, uh, the championship weekend this weekend yes. Derek we got to know before uh, before oh, you yes. jet here uh who's your who's your picks who are you going for who are you cheering for uh for this man I uh I'll say Detroit because of 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 the head coach right he, yeah. they they believe they actually they believe right it's one of those things um I really got Detroit to, to win it all, to be honest with you. Um, and now when it comes to KC and, and, and the Ravens, it's, it's I say the Ravens, right? Um, <laughs> Lamar, Lamar's playing ball, man. He's playing ball. And when you got a guy like that, you always got a chance. I know Patrick and, and those guys, you know, that 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 are perennial, you know, champs and whatnot. But I think Lamar's in a position to where his teammates are going to play really hard for him. And and you you almost gonna have to carry him out on his shield, uh, so that's kind of the scenario. And I think that's those scrappy types. Um, but I, I definitely see Detroit doing some 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 monumental things just because of the 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 level of belief. Uh, and and they're, these teams, man, they're, they'll hit you in the mouth and and wait on to see what your response is gonna be. And that's the thing about ball, man. It, it's I'm gonna impose my will. So it really is about who's who's going to show up because everybody looks good on paper, but I, I need to see what you're made of. So I'm gonna hit you in your mouth and I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna wait, and then we're gonna see what this thing will be. Uh, but to be honest with you, man, I, I have to look at the first quarter. After once I look at the first quarter, I can tell you what it looks like. But but I, I would say Detroit and, and, and Baltimore. Nice. Okay. Wow. I uh, I really appreciate that you're not like one of those. Yeah, I used to play for the team, so that's my favorite team. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's all good. No, KC was good to me, man. I I hate that I didn't stick longer, but it was the politics in it. You know, I was supposed to be the guy behind w w Willie Rofe, uh, because Willie's from Arkansas. He's about forty five minutes away from me, so we had some really good conversations. And he was like, "Man, you're gonna be the guy." And then the politics came in. And, I had to make a move, man. I did too much work, so I wasn't lasting in the waiver wire, man. So I was like, ah, you cut me. I won't be back. So it's one of those things, man. Damn. Uh, well, well, we could keep talking forever, we but we really definitely could. need to. Uh, <laughs> we we still have a whole, like, half a show to go through here. Absolutely. Uh, Garrick, <laughs> man, thank you so much for joining us on The More You Didn't Know here. Um, fantastic hearing your ideas and uh we'd love to talk to you again here uh yeah, yeah let's, let's do it again man and like i said we'll we'll take a deeper dive i i probably am more than likely have you 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 both on a on a private zoom so i can really show you how deep the rabbit hole is but you know it's only so much i can give right now you know and, and, and but uh we have a plan we got a clear and definitive plan to get this thing on track so we just want the opportunity to show it and mm -hmm. and from there really be able to have those actionable items and implement it and and, and go from there Oh, love it. Love it. Definitely open for uh, some more convo on this for sure. So then that we're means just, we will see you again soon. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm around, man. I'm not hard to find. I promise you that. <laughs> we're just as equally passionate and truly, truly believe in what you're talking about and what you're about. And it resonates with pretty much everything that we tried to bring forth here with know. our show. And, and a lot of fans in Edmonton. I mean, yeah. it's a passion, right? So Our, uh, our, our motto is 
for fans from, from fans. fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love it. I, man, I love that. Yeah, no, uh, anything I can do, you know, to, to, to help add value to what you guys are doing, uh, I'm all for it. Like I say, I, I understand, you know, what you guys are doing and how you're doing it and, and the passion and the love behind it. And, and that's what needs to be reciprocated from the organization, period, point blank. Appreciate it. Appreciate it so much, Garrick. Man, this was this was great. Uh, we will definitely have you back on the Elks call sometime soon. And we hope you have yourself an awesome night. Thank you so much once again for joining. Um, hey, if, if do you got any any handles or anywhere uh, where anybody can follow you? Or... Man, it's it, it it's easier just to search my name. Uh, and, and I'll pop up. I'll pop up. It, it, I'm a, it's always something going on or, or whatever the deal is. But um, you know, X, I got IG, um, Commissioner GJ. Uh, they can look me up, but this Garrett Jones, NFL, CFL, and everything will pop up. So that's probably your best bet and the easiest way to, to find what's going on. Perfect. Awesome. Well, yeah, everybody go give them a follow. And uh, yeah, once again, thanks again. And uh, we'll chat you soon, Garrett. All right. Y'all be good, man. Be safe. We'll talk soon. You as well, bro. Cheers. All right. Later. So that was Garrick Jones, uh, former NFL, CFL, and double E offensive tackle, double uh-huh. E legend, uh, great guy. Uh, we could have talked forever oh. once again. These conversations oh, are great. I'm so excited. Um, by the way, John Kirby was... in the herd chat, Oilers oh. win 3 nothing. <laughs> is that actually, I, I guess that would so. be a win. That is uh, 15 in a row. It is 15 in a row. Congratulations to the Edmonton Oilers for uh, continuing history. Um, (laughs) Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, Garrick was an awesome guest. We'll definitely be talking to him again soon. We're going to have him back on the show at some point here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Now, Yeah, we still have like half a show to go. Still have half a show. This is a massive one. Stick around, guys. (laughs) Yes, stick around with us. This is going to be good because we got tons for you guys. Uh, Shotgun Sports Network. Shotgun Sports Network has a special (laughs) announcement. Shotgun Sports Network is officially starting a content creator (laughs) co-op. So what the content creator co-op is, is we're going to be... We're going to be collaborating with many great CFL content creators, such as... Our first one, which is Ray and Benny Talk Sports. Mm-hmm. Ray and Benny, these guys are awesome. Talking Winnipeg Sports. Um, you'll be able to actually find all of their podcast information, uh, all of their all their links to their media, all under a tab on shotgunsportsnetwork.ca called The Creator Co-op. And then our second announcement is Coach Phil has also joined The Creator Co-op. So... Uh, of Coach Phil Reacts. Coach Phil has been bringing some sweet CFL content to us here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a great guy. So we're so excited to also have him in that tab. Uh, go check it out. And we're going to be celebrating as many CFL content creators that we can. Because really, the CFL is a lot better when everybody works together. And there's so much content that is there lacking. Is. Well, and... Yeah. Nobody we nobody is really doing the community thing. Right. I mean, we have media companies that are doing their own thing, like, you know, Three Down Nation mm-hmm. and whoever else, right? But I feel like we sometimes miss just like Garrick Jones was just talking about, mm-hmm. sometimes we miss out on that community aspect. So um 
Yeah. Not, who doesn't want more CFL content? Who doesn't want more right? CFL so content? So now everything will be in one spot for you to find. And <laughs> and really, like, let's say with Coach Phil, he's never, sorry, the CFL has never had reaction videos. No. The CFL didn't have reaction videos. So he came in, he actually brought it to the CFL. Mm -hmm. So big shout out to him. Once again, shotgunsportsnetwork.ca. Head on over. Go check them out. And also check out Shotgun Sports. Well, he's exclusive. not there yet. Just give me like a couple of days to put him in there. Sorry, yes. <laughs> well, go check out the tab. We're working on it. It's a work in progress. But go that being check said, on it on Monday. <laughs> on Monday. But we do have some po other podcasts such as the Winnipeg Hangar and Off the Reins. Uh, we also have some articles, uh, even galleries of last month's, uh, the, uh, the, the style experience. Yes. Uh, Shred the North. So exactly. at Commonwealth Stadium. It's fantastic. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, on to our next segment, which is the More Than Oil Edmonton Sports <laughs> Update, brought to you by Len Nunez. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers are on a 15-game winning streak. They kept the streak alive tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. Congratulations. Go oil. The oil Kings play in red deer Friday night before returning to Rogers place on Sunday to host the Brandon Wheat Kings. On Thursday, the clandestine wrestling society tag team with love pro wrestling to put on an always memorable show on Friday. The spotlight shines on LPW 22 with limited tickets available at the rec room, which is hosting both events. The Edmonton Stingers have released their home schedule. They return to the hangar on June 2nd against the Saskatchewan Rattlers. Tip-off is at 4 p.m. Mountain. For more on what's happening in Edmonton sports world, check out Len's articles on shotgunsportsnetwork.ca and join his group on Facebook, Edmonton Sports Fans, to get in on the Edmonton sports community. We are the Elksard, and you're up to date. Speaking of updates, guys, we have better and more deals for you. Royal Retros! <laughs> it's 10% off if you use code Shotgun Sports. No spaces. 10% off over at Royal Retros. It's the 75th season. What better than a throwback Edmonton Alex? Doesn't say it on the website. I believe it says green and gold, <laughs> but it is definitely right. the uh, colorways of our favorite Edmonton team. So head on over Royal Retros. Treat yourself ten percent. If you want to treat yourself more, lather.com. But this time it's bigger, <laughs> um, guys. Twenty twenty four twenty percent off over at Lather. I do not know what they're doing, but I'm appreciative because I got to put it in order soon. Um, <laughs> That's soap. In case lather.com, <laughs> it is some fine soaps over Canadian, there. Canadian handcrafted handmade. soaps. Shotgun 20 is the code for that. So it's shotgun 20, shotgun 20, no spaces. And then a friendly reminder thingsengraved.ca is our official merchandise supplier. So uh, if you want some sweet cups, some tumblers, yeah. I know that tumblers are good for work and office environments because <laughs> I have an office job now. Uh, once again, big shout out to the herd chat. You guys are killing it tonight. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in, no matter where you're watching from. Um, yeah, so you have 
some transactions, which, by the way, are transactions. They're brought to you by Off the Reins Podcast. <laughs> Giddy up go. for the 2024 <laughs> UFL season with Ryan Messer as he gives you the latest news and updates <laughs> about all things Birmingham, including the championship oh, stallions. He'll have something to say about some of this. Well, one of these transactions here that I'm going to go. Up. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into it. We have a very long list. It's been two weeks and the Edmonton Elks have been busy. Okay. A little too but Yeah. See, I wish... I, I wish I had another one of those. Um, I mean, I'm going to try to make it as brief as possible. There's a long list. I do want to go through some of these because they are important. Um, if you have anything to say, just let me know. <laughs> just comment on the chat. We're here to read that. Go stamps from this. Hello, Richard in the chat. Uh, <laughs> it's a hearty go stamps you're slanging around here on the Elks call. That was the wrong giddy up. The wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could go stamps. No, oh. yeah, stallions. Yeah, we're talking stallions. <laughs> <not> st <laughs> nice. Well, hey, oh, we. So that's an that's an us problem. That's yeah, that that's was, on us. That that's on us. That was a you problem. Right? Hey, we we love you too, Richard. <laughs> Shout out to Richard in that hurt oh, chat. Oh, that's so funny. Alright, All so uh back in January eleventh, American defensive back Cale Jackson Jr. and defensive back uh Ch <laughs> wow. I knew I was gonna mess up with the names. Chauncey. Yeah. Moore <laughs> got sang. Um January twelfth, we had American defensive back Devondre. Bynum signed and wide receiver Kyron Moore extended. So Moore led the CFL in yards after the last season. He got 490 yeah. and he led the Elks in receptions with 69 of them. So what do you think of nice. that extension? Nice. <laughs> that extension. So um Kyron Moore, that was that was mm -hmm. it needed to happen. I will tell you right now, as somebody that plays a media role, um, does investigative work. I did not think that Kyron Moore was returning. The signs were not looking so mm -hmm. good. Um, it's fantastic that he's back. He's one of the most, like, like in, he's playing within his prime right now. We have him through two of his. Was it two? Did he get extended? No, he, he got, got extended, extended but what I'm saying year. is we got him right. within his two years in his prime. Right. Which, that's great. I mean, he was, I mean, the stats kind of speak for themselves, but he was definitely an asset. Well, and that one. yard after catch, right? Yes. His yard after catch, as it said right there. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, January 15th, we had American wide receiver Charles Hayden III, who was signed and defensive back Luke Chase Purefoy was extended. So, I mean, that's one that you wanted to see coming back for sure. Yeah. Um, pure for you definitely wanted him to be extended, so you must be happy about that one. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's <Yep>. it. <laughs> uh, and then of course, that same day we had American defensive lineman Jake Saresna that was traded together with the rights to American running back Kalan Laborn. And uh they were traded for Curly Gittens Jr. and a seventh round pick in the 2024 CFL draft from the Argos. Yeah, so Purifoy, Purifoy, that he's a utility knife. Needed mm -hmm. to have him back. Um, that was that was a must grab. I'm really really happy about it. Obviously, seeing what happened not too long after Jake Serezna, um losing uh. Jake Serezna, that it hurts. But getting Curly Gittens Jr. There's a big reason for this, and mm -hmm. I believe we talked about it. Um, did we talk about it? No, on the list? we didn't because it hadn't happened. Oh, yet. so the MBT thing. Yeah. Um, 
we talked about the MET thing, but then this happened yeah. afterwards. So, with, make, so the reason sense. for that is because he was in 2022, he was his best wide receiver. Yes. I believe. Or I don't know if he was the best, but he was definitely at least like a top two, right? There's definitely a connection. There's definitely mm-hmm. an MBT to Gittins Jr. connection there, right? And I think that was done for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And although it's unfortunate to see Jake Ceresna, and I don't necessarily agree with that, just because, <laughs> I mean, he is an all-star. Yeah. Um, he is an Edmontonian. Well, he might have not been born here, but he was truly green and gold to the core kind of player, right? No. So it's it's one of those one of those situations that is just sad to see, but at the same time, is kind of understandable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But. No, it's it's yeah, like Chris said, right? MBT and uh, Curly Gittins Jr. They put up like it's it's you want that instant chemistry. It's just like when Trevor Harris came over. And so did uh, Greg Ellingson. When Greg Ellingson comes over, you have that quarterback wide receiver pairing that Mm -hmm. usually moves around together, Mm -hmm. right? Like you see Devontae Adams right now in the NFL, former favorite Mm -hmm. target of Aaron Rodgers. You know, they want want to be reunited. You just, Mm -hmm. those, there's a chemistry. Yeah. 1100 yards a year before they're great. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. this is this is automatic. It's a plug and play, is what we call it, right? That's plug and play stuff. Um, for the rep, for the rest, <laughs> yeah. Uh, January sixteenth, we had American defensive back Donovan Alumba that was extended. Mm-hmm. On the seventeenth, we had American defensive back Jalen Green and defensive back Leon O'Neill Jr. signed. On the eighteenth, we had yet another. American defensive lineman Trevor Mason and quarterback Stephen Montes signed. So Stephen Montes, he is a 27-year-old Colorado all-time leader in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and total offense. So hmm. it's yeah, he's definitely one to watch. It's just it makes me wonder what's going to happen because not only and I'll talk about another quarterback that we signed as well. Like yeah, yeah we <laughs> we have too many quarterbacks. Yeah, but we tend to <laughs> we tend to have that problem every training camp, and then yes. like I think what we got up to like yeah, it, it gets up to a crazy number. Um, I want to say it was six even heading into training camp last year. Yeah, that's uh. It is what it is. But Keyshawn Camp, let's talk yes. about this gentleman. 19th, Keyshawn Camp. He played the last two seasons in, in the USFL, most notably in the Birmingham Stallions, who won back-to-back championships. Giddy up, Keyshawn Camp. So <laughs> I like this guy. Why do I like this guy? Because I know a thing or two about him because we've been following those Stallions, uh, USFL. Uh, that's the kind of player you want. Yeah. That's, that's you want somebody with a little bit of a pedigree, a little bit of experience on winning teams outside of even the CFL. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Even outside of, I mean, you're not going to get them from many NFL teams. No. So it seems like, well, even on the 22nd, we uh, signed American defensive lineman Robert Kimdichi. I'm going to yeah, say that. Yeah, I think you did it. I think you did it. And he was, he's 29, 29 year old. That was a five-star recruit out of high school and most recently spent time in the USFL as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're seeing, I don't know, personally, I'm seeing a trend here with some USFL 
you know, players, ex players, and also a lot of defensive linemen, <laughs> defensive backs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we gotta take. We'll take gotta, what we can get. Yeah. Um. The next one, though, January twenty third, losing Ed Gainey. Yeah, which in many ways, I also think that that was kind of expected. He was very hot and cold throughout the entire season. And, of course, he had a collarbone injury in week two. And he had a hard time kind of finding his yeah. footing after that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and Ed Gainey, great guy, great vet, um, fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoke honestly, as uh, I believe it was Morley or Dave said from 630 Ched. Spoke fairly, spoke honestly, mm-hmm. candidly, but honestly, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, Yeah, it sucks to lose veterans, but... Same time, we are also pretty good at that position. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily need an Ed Gainey there right now. Yes. Um, it'd be more of a luxury, if anything. Well, it was another one of those that kind of, it made sense. Yeah. You know, it still sucks to see, but it kind of made Well, sense. and for what contract could be just to have more of a locker room voice, I think yes. that's where I'm going with luxury as opposed to like a Lamborghini type player. I mean, right. that's... It's, uh, yeah, I think, I think like you, you're looking at some of those players in that position, like Kai Gray, mm-hmm. um, like Marcus, um, I want to say Marcus Lewis, I want to say that he's at that position as well, but, um, yeah, I mean, we have great guys coming up through the system. Yes, we do. On January 24th, we had American offensive lineman Antonio Garcia signed and defensive back Brennan White, and as well as national offensive lineman Thomas Jack Kurd. he was extended so nice to have him back continuity Mm -hmm. shout out to nathan buyer in the herd chat gotta take what you can get such a classic (laughs) scout line nice show folks thank Uh, you nathan um that's funny and john we did see your questions we will uh get into that we have a fan forum coming up man the fan forum is gonna go down right after we make it (laughs) through the scroll we're we're almost there the last one that we had was on january 25th which was today i guess um american defensive lineman er- eric black black that cut off he signed and quarterback todd Santeo, um as well as running back brian heron and defensive lineman chauncey me i think it's like <laughs> maniac i don't want to say maniac <laughs> maniac um yes and i, I mean what's in which is the the quarterback uh, he was named the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year in 2022 while playing at James Madison University. Dave Campbell posted about this on X. Uh, he passed for 2,697 yards and threw for 25 touchdowns. Uh, he also tied a school record by throwing six touchdown passes in a game against Middle Tennessee. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to be interesting in training camp. That's going to be interesting to see. It's a quarterback these, shootout. Yes. You know that McLeod Bethel Thompson <laughs> is starting. Of course. Trey you Ford, know you Trey Ford's a backup. Of, and, you know, it's sad because we didn't get to see enough of Daggy. I think Daggy's a stud. I like Daggy. Yeah. I hope that he's successful somewhere. Like, I mean, obviously, he's but coming back to the Elks. But now we I have think, two other yeah, quarterbacks that apparently are big studs as well. So that's going to be yeah. interesting. Right? Well, 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 in which case, we'll see if Daggy's in the mix. Yeah. Right? Like, because we just we don't know. It's yeah, we don't way know too early. Well, and they keep making changes every single day. Yeah. I mean, we still have six pending uh, free agents. Mm-hmm. Remaining, I mean, included in there, you have AC Leonard. We have Arsenal as well. So, 
I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna see if I can bring up the audio clip because we're talking about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, AC Leonard, uh, utility knife player, very much so. I'm going to guess that he's going to ask a fair amount of money, but because um, he did have a good season last year. Will we be able to afford it? I don't know. We spent a lot on the offense this year. Manny Arsenal would be nice to get Manny back, but once again, it's another one of those Ed yeah. Gainey scenarios. Look at how stacked we are on wide receiver now. Yes. You know, you're looking at Manny Arsenal more than likely taking a slot back position, um, being your, a, your shorter. Your, co- your coaching, you know. Not, I don't want to say he would be. No, coach, but better in voice. Yeah. voice, very much so, too. He, he's He's been around, so. Um, and what do we think of all the staff changes? I mean, with Demetrius Maxey, D-line Maxie. coach for the Argos now. And, yep. of course, we have our running back coach, Jordan uh, Jordan Lennon. He became a defensive assistant with the Riders. So... Well, and you're, you're also going to have some coaches off the books as well from last year. So mm-hmm. there's going to be... I think Chris Jones already brought in some guys. Now that you're going to have to hire some more... It's the ebb and flow of football, unfortunately. But so now, okay, now losing Demetrius Maxey—that's part yeah. of that losing losing a little bit of yeah. bone, you know. Yeah. Brotherhood of Nasty Eskimos. In this case, now we, we got to create this organization needs to create Brotherhood of Nasty Elves. So now, let me ask you a question because really, I've only paid much. <laughs> I haven't paid much attention to you know the draft or anything. Free agents. This right. is probably the first year that I've actually you know done my research and done my homework and looked into it um in the past years do you see this much of a revolving door when it comes to the <sighs> i th- i would say that the revolving door for coaches or players well, too. For, for players i would say as far as like players and coaches these last three years have been well last two years i get last three well, yeah last three seasons yeah. last three seasons have been nutty yeah. Um, same deal, 2019, that's kind of when it all started. So since 2019, correctly stated earlier in the herd chat, mm-hmm. yeah, things have been going downhill since then. But as far as revolving door, uh, 2022 was just wild. 2022 was wild. This year, seeing coaches go, um, that's a little bit scarier because players always mm-hmm. come and go. Coaches like Jordan Lennon, he went for a better opportunity. I know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Demetrius Maxey, more than likely a better opportunity. Well, then that means you're doing good at your job somehow, some way. Yeah. Right? So that, that doesn't mean that you're you're leaving the organization, which is going to take you back. I mean, but and... at the same time, it's kind of a bad look, right? It makes you question. It that's makes exactly, you... that's and, it. And, 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 totally. I mean, Bella here, Esther, you know, uh, Chris Jones has a revolving door. And it may not even be that, but it certainly looks that way yeah right and it doesn't bring any confidence in the team right it's no that's that's very true uh richard here do you think jarius jackson is the dude uh jarius jackson i think he is the dude uh (laughs) the reason for that though is because he's a he's a former quarterback yes he's played the game he has the mentality would i have liked to see more jay jack with trey ford Mm-hmm. Sure, but J Jack also has experience with McLeod Bethel Thompson. So they're like the that's why MBT is so plug and play for so many right. reasons, and I think that kind of gets missed. So it'll be interesting to see what J Jack does without mobile Trey Ford this year. Yes, 
Because even when J-Jack was, um, I want to say on BC, uh, he was still dealing with quarterbacks that were more mobile than what he's dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Um, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, he's more of a pocket passer, does not run around, and the, the, the mm-hmm. O-line always the... knows where <laughs> yeah. he is, yes. right? So there's no scramble to, yeah. you know, all of a sudden do a shift or a wall or a push this way or whatever. Um, don't really have to worry about that. Right now, Garrick Jones, if he's listening, he's like, man, like you do not know your football terms at all when it comes to that <laughs> offensive line. You're um, your... <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So good. Um, okay, guys. Uh, so that is that is that our transactions? Yeah, that is it. Okay, let that me see it. if I can pull up that audio file real quick here before. Uh, please tell me that it shows up real quick. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, let's just move on. Manny Show. Okay. Um, How was that? It's the Manny Show one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to bring it up. It's right here. <laughs> so uh, him and Daggy were hanging out today. Um, just absolutely wild. I uh, I never yeah, thought that. that he would really uh, run into... Those guys would run into each other. I just Where is to... he right now, Manny? I want to say he's down south. Yeah, I think so. Oh, you know what? He, I think he might have killed the video. It's because I made a meme of it. See? It's a me problem. Why do you go around making memes out of people? All right, heading <laughs> into our final segment of the night, we are going to open up the fan forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's fan forum is brought to you by the Winnipeg Terminal Podcast. Prepare for takeoff as Mike and Joe give you the latest on the Jets and the Blue Bombers. Wheels up. We are going to open up this fan forum where we talk about hot topics surrounding the Elks, the CFL, and the sports world as a whole. Be sure to blow up the herd chat so we can get your comments on to the show. Okay, uh, question number one. John has been talking about this in the herd chat. He's actually brought it up a couple of times. John, we have not talked about it. Why? Because we had it in the herd, or we had it in the fan forum already. Um Super stoked about it. You guys know we posted about it. If you're on uh, X at the Elks Herd, you will know that we picked up a really slick green and gold Oilers hat. So the Edmonton Oilers and New Era have recently released a city collection of baseball caps. And we posted about it. um, And we found a great amount of support about this piece of cross-promotion merchandise. So that begs the question. Should the CFL and the Elks do more cross-promotion with other regional sports teams? Uh, A couple of examples. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers did a crossover, I believe, with the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, I want to say that that was the matchup there. As well, the Oil Kings have done the jersey. There's an an Oil Kings jersey that was designed like an Edmonton Elks, Mm -hmm. Eskimos, uh, Edmonton Mm -hmm. Elks jersey. And then I have a t-shirt at home. <laughs> the one that I found? The one that you found, <laughs> which is an Oil Kings and Saskatchewan Rough Riders oh, crossover weird. shirt. So what do you, like, what do you guys think? Heard chat, uh, you guys get uh, on in there. Catherine, what do you think about the whole cross-promotional piece? Yeah, I think they should. Why not? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, one of the... The pieces that I know that you really love and you wear it often in the winter is your hockey jersey, your double E hockey jersey, right? So now imagine if you could have something that is more like pointed towards the Oilers or the Oil Kings and something very specific, but kind of brings 
the sports together. That'd be really cool. So, so to also clarify on this, sorry, everybody. So the city collection are three hats that are, they have an Edmonton Oilers logo, but one hat is uh, Edmonton Riverhawks colors. Mm-hmm. One is Edmonton Stingers and one is it's green and yellow. I would say it is a green and yellow of golden bears colors, <laughs> not necessarily doubly, but it's well, still a really nice hat. Let me tell you, if it's the Golden Bears colors, then there's a reason why they didn't go for the Nate Ooks colors. But... <laughs> Listen, go Ooks, okay? You know what? I, I could probably pass off that Riverhawks one. Let's go Ooks. Let me take a look at our team colors. Um, So, John, the reason why there's no Oil Kings crossover on this is because, obviously, Kate's group... Sorry, Oilers Entertainment Group, Mm -hmm. and at the end, Kate's, Mm -hmm. right? But Oilers Entertainment Group owns the Oil Kings and the Oilers. There's not very often as well. I think the best crossover that you get between the Oilers and the Oil Kings Mm -hmm. is when the Oil Kings are in the playoffs and the Oilers are not, and you get the Oil Kings ice. Yeah. I want to say that's as close to like a cool crossover that you're going to get. There will never be any sort of crossover merch between the two because the money still goes to, to, yeah. to the same spot yeah. and you're, you know, basically wasting money on merchandise at that point. No. It's not like you're going to make any extra sales on either side. Yeah. So that's the business reason for it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And you're right. The oil Kings for the WHL, there's less items. Uh, the sports vault, mm-hmm. huge company that makes probably everything. TSV, you know, my the Elks mug. Yes. There's also a Green Bay. There's also uh, Oilers. There's also the, like the Sports yeah. Vault. They do all the major leagues. Yeah. Obviously, you won't see some of those items for the WHL. But yeah. the big thing here, CFL cross promotion. And I think this is where I'm going to I'm going to go on a little rant right now <laughs> because cross promotion to me, when I played video games growing up, there was nothing like having like a character from another video game in that video game and you're like oh my god this is like the coolest weirdest thing and like you said i love that section x hockey jersey so many reasons right it's kind of symbolic but the fact that i have a reebok hockey jersey just like one of my other hockey jerseys here Mm -hmm. and it's reebok it's branded it's got it on the sleeve it looks exactly the same except for the fact that it's edmonton eskimos or edmonton elves Mm -hmm. um that's that's just a strange piece or you know like i have the two of the same lettermans and yeah uh, you know that's almost that's a uh, but it's not on the same letterman yeah so anytime you get a good crossover a good collaboration like what t-pain and lil wayne back in the day (laughs) best like crossover collaboration ever so anybody kind of I don't know. I don't, I don't see where there's many negatives in the Edmonton Elks collaboration. I think it would be pretty cool. And I mean, it's it's just more merchandise. People are already spending money on merchandise. Why not making something different? Like even, you know, I was thinking about that and just those little footballs, you know, the double E footballs. If you made a football, the colors of the Oilers, you know, the blue and orange, but with the double E. Well, and I mean, at that that point, right, I mean, obviously, I can't speak for the Oilers, no idea. But what I would say is there's got to be, in in that scenario, you're talking about two companies, two very big companies coming together. Whereas, you know, you take a look at the City Collection. Yeah. It's the Oilers supporting the smaller guys, which, because they're the biggest team, they're they're valued at whatever billion, right? So, um, it's it's one of those weird scenarios. Yeah. It's a really weird one. 
It'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. I think they should do it. Yeah, I think, I think there, there has buy, to be more. People would buy And it. I appreciate that John in the herd chat here, uh, he'd love if a local company like 780 um, made that stuff. He did ask them, but yeah. they, uh, they, they won't uh, make any sort of extra merchandise, right? Um, once again, we are the Elks Herd shirts coming soon. Um, we also still have a plan in the works for a couple of sweet pieces as well. Uh, to be honest, we've been focusing on the podcast a little bit and uh, completing our season two upgrades. So mm-hmm. still a couple more upgrades to go. A uh, little bit of a little technical snag. That's why we're five minutes behind today. But Catherine, you have our last fan form question. Yeah. Well, a recent event surrounding the AJHL and BCHL has seen the Sherwood Park Crusaders and four other teams have their games canceled. Um, That was due to said teams leaving the AJ for the BCHL. That's a lot of acronyms for the 2024 and 2025 season. So, well, it's understandable that the AJHL is upset that the teams did inform both leagues of their intent well before the end of the season. Which that's when the teams will move. So is it fair for the AJHL to prevent these teams from playing out their season? So just to kind of summarize that, they were told that it was going to happen, but it's still mid-season, and then they were just canceled. All the remaining of the games were canceled. Yeah, so like I mean, the AJHL had a they they had an idea that it was coming. There was nothing Mm -hmm. official, right? Yeah. But BCHL went ahead and made an official drop on it. They went ahead and said, "Yeah, we're doing this." BCHL officially announcing that starting next season, a uh, these five teams from teams from the AJ, they're going to be playing in the BCHL. Which, for travel logistics, tell me how that makes sense. Yeah. Which, well, I, maybe... I'm not a big fan of the move, but the other problem is that the AJHL also hasn't been treating their teams properly, or you know, their teams obviously have a reason to leave. Right. So maybe we can just back up a little bit and maybe you can explain a little bit as to why that happened. So it said that there's there's some money involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um I believe I believe that I want to say I'd have to look into the specifics a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um but basically it's it's all the same fundamentals at the end of the day when people are hungry they seek change. So we're talking about the most, some of the most successful teams in the AJHL. Mm-hmm. So they went over to make more money. Um, and I mean, the Crusaders can't speak for them. Um, I know that they have a new arena coming. Mm-hmm. No matter what, that arena is going to come. But with the BCHL, they're not governed by Hockey Canada. They're not governed by Canadian Junior Hockey League. Right. It's Are a- they... It's private. It's yeah. It's kind of kind kind of like that. Yeah, they're still a provincial program, but they're not considered under the same regulations mm. as sanctioned Team Canada, right? Uh, BCHL uh, left Hockey Canada because <laughs> Hockey Canada is butt. Um, <laughs> you know what? And and in light of recent allegations that are coming out, once mm-hmm. again, you know, come, we we decided to leave this out of the fan form tonight. Thankfully, we did because it was a long episode, but uh, we left that part out of it uh, just because it's a little bit heavy. Um, We want to get our fans involved as well, and we feel like that would just incite a riot, and uh, we don't do that here. But uh, Hockey Canada, you know, they got their own mess going on. Do you really want to be associated with Hockey Canada right now? Anyways, that's, that's, 
that's the question. That's the question. This is a good question that John asks. Well, not really a question, but, you know, I feel bad for people that have season tickets for those teams that are moving to the BC Hockey League. Wonder what the ticket prices are going to be like. Right? Yeah. So how it's, there's a lot of logistics there that is. kind of you don't even think about. And the fact that it's mid-season and things just kind of happen so abruptly that now yeah. they're like, yeah, you're not playing anymore. Too bad, so sad, right? Well, <laughs> and, and and that's where that's where this isn't fair, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so you're getting in trouble for telling the league that you're currently in the breakup you're about to go through, yeah. right? Like we're gonna break up in a while. We're gonna break. <laughs> we're gonna, gonna break happen. up at the it's end of the year. I'm letting you know yeah. the breakup's coming. <laughs> well, I want to break up right now. Well, that's <laughs> tell me how that works. Tell me, tell me what what planet that works, right? Um. And you're not thinking about the kids. Mm -mm. You're, you know, when, when kids are coming up trying to become a hockey player and they go through the AJ system, mm -hmm. these kids are coming up with a, with a destroyed um, uh, school. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're, uh, um, what do you call it? They're education. Thank you. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But their education is just absolutely destroyed because they're putting sports first. They're putting mm -hmm. hockey first. So, also, they're they're away from their families. They're living with billet families, billet yes. parents, right? So you're disrupting a lot of lives mm -hmm. throughout a hockey season at that level, at junior. Well, and not only that, right? If I recall correctly, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that there were some teams now that don't have a league at all. Well, no, no, there's no, so there's still, no, there's still teams that are in the AJ. So, so they, the, they're still staying. The, well, the four McMurray them. Oil Barons are still yes. in the AJHL. But tell me how that's going to work for them on their travel. Yeah. Like. Yeah, because now there's less teams. There's. You got to make up the yeah. games and all of that, or you're going to try to bring in what it is, is they may step some teams up into that oh, AJHL okay. league, right? From yeah. a lower division. Right. Uh, just in a different, different fill in some spots. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Like we really don't know what's going to happen. Um, from what we hear, like there's nobody that's moving in immediately. Nobody's trying yeah. to get their team in there. Nobody's trying to start up a team. Nobody's trying to move around a team. So it's just subtraction for now. It's that's subtract crazy. five, and it's the Spruce Grove Saints and the Sherwood Park Crusaders, which yeah, we're talking about very, yeah. very historical, important teams in Alberta hockey history. Uh, not including Brooks Bandits. Um, I forget the other two off the top of my head, but I do know that this like completely shutting down the season. Yeah. When you're giving you're you've been uh, what is it? You're giving them like this massive heads up. And the league is going to go ahead and shut you down. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, at least let them finish it. Finish the year. Just finish the year, and that's it. Like that's that's crazy. I don't yeah. agree with that. And John is correct. Eleven teams. That's the number. Yeah. So thank you, John. Um, John did ask last question in here. What do you guys think of Princess Auto Stadium in Winnipeg? It's no longer IG Field. Uh, Princess Auto Stadium. How do how do you feel about that I name? I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I found out. Is it because Princess Auto bought it? Well, they bought the naming rights. The, the naming rights. Yeah, yeah. It's like That's the brick field. That's a dumb name, Stadium. though. Like, why would they decide to go for that? Just so to put their name on it, of course. I mean, when right. you're thinking about marketing and you're thinking about advertising, that's the most advertising that you could do. Yeah, really. 
But it's I... well, investors group also, right? They also didn't want to resume. You have to remember this. It's like the Air Canada Center when they changed that to Scotiabank Arena. Their Scotiabank oh, Center, of whatever. They just want their name on that. Yeah. But I feel like it's a dumb name. <laughs> you can go to a football game and get your far- car fixed within four hours. <laughs> Thank you, John. You're correct. You're right, buddy. <laughs> it's um, going to get confusing. You're going to get a lot of uh, farmers going to that stadium now. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably do some good, like, 4-H uh, shows and stuff. Some good, uh, some good uh, livestock uh, auctions, you know. Um, I, and just nothing wrong with princess auto i shop there great garbage tools <laughs> um good good throwaway stuff and you know what some stuff lasts too so it's not just yeah. junk definitely not my junk. mom used to work there exactly princess auto yeah. i will say princess auto i've always just thought the name princess auto was really stupid <laughs> so it's rather unfortunate that they went ahead and did that but hey ig field aka investors group field <sighs> Uh, Princess Auto Investors Group Field. I'll take Commonwealth Stadium every day of the week. Um, guys, yeah. we're gonna go ahead and close the fan forum. And with that, at an hour and a half, we're at the end of tonight's show. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, whether you are watching on Shotgun Sports Network on YouTube uh, or on X or on Facebook, or listening on Edmonton Sports Talk, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the Elks Call, my name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rep from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. Do You and Elks. Thanks again, everybody. Have an awesome night. (laughs) Thank you. See you in two weeks. Cheers.